Age of the Geek, baby. We run the world. Make it so. I got a bad feeling about this. Good evening, Dave. Everything's running smoothly, and you? I see you shiver with anticipation. Hey, everybody. How are you guys doing? I'm doing pretty well. And you know what? I did an episode about musicals that were turned into movies. And I bet you I can name at least three films that were pretty popular that you didn't know were actually plays to begin with. We'll start off with Amadeus from 1984. Um, F. Uh, Murphy Abraham, Tom Hules, uh Amazing movie. That was actually a play from 1979. Of course, we all know the movie Annie. That's actually a musical. Well, go back to 1976. That's when the first play was put out. Um, Bloxy Blues from 1988. A great movie with uh, the likes of Matthew Broderick and... Uh, Christopher Watkins. That's actually a Neil Simon play from 1984. Um, the Crucible. The 1996 movie, The Crucible, or the 1957, uh, Les Scorsese's de, or sorry, Les Sorceress de Salem was actually based off of the 1953 play. Um, Huck, the 1918, the 1992, the 1943, the 1959, and both 1973 movie A Doll's House is actually from the uh, Hendrik Ibanez play from the 1800s. But the biggest one I want to talk about, or I want to mention, is the 1992 Rob Reiner film with, oh, a little Jack Nicholson, a little Tom Cruise, a little You Can't Handle the Truth, you know, A Few Good Men. That was actually an Aaron Sorkin play from 1989. So there are a bunch of shows. I'm looking at this Wikipedia page right now that lists a ton of them. Now, granted, I've known most of these because of my experience in theater, but it's amazing. So... Knowing this, I'm trying to find if there's any other movies that 
you're you'd be surprised that they were based on something else. So I found a article that's famous films that you didn't know were actually based off of a book. Like Die Hard, the nineteen eighty eight epic Christmas movie. I still say it's a Christmas movie. Um, believe it or not, everyone's favorite holiday movie is actually based off a novel by Roderick Thorpe. The novel is called Nothing Lasts Forever. Perhaps a less intimidating catchy title than the Bruce Willis shoot 'em up, but the adaption is pretty close to the narrative of the book. The main difference is the name of the protagonist. We all know Willis as John McClane, but the book has him known as Joe Leland. And while we're digging around the uh, Anorak Archive, you may be shocked to discover that Nothing Lasts Forever is actually a sequel. Die Hard wasn't the start of the saga. The prequel, The Detective, starred Frank Sinatra and was made in 1966. I imagine that they kept Sinatra's uh, famed dance routine to a bare minimum. The next movie on this list is from 2001, Shrek. Everyone thought that Shrek was a narrative creation of the DreamWorks team, but this mismatch of fairy tales and comical postmodern references is actually based off a graphic novel of the same name. William Stig's uh, graphic masterpiece was published in 1990 and featured a terrifying ogre who decides to leave the family roost to explore the world. While he accidentally saves a princess, all fairy or all fairly recognizable so far. However, the musical montage and the songs were DreamWorks' a significant contribution to the narrative style of the movie. While the sequels are entirely works of fiction, Shrek was such a critical and commercial success that it provoked a introduction of a new character to the Oscars, winning the first ever Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. Next on the list from 1995, Clueless. Now, the modern adaptation is barely a new concept. Uh, we've been having many Shakespeare or Shakespeare reworkings over the years. Um, you got The Forbidden Planet, which is a retelling of The Tempest, Taming of the Shrew is uh, the re or a retelling of The Taming of the Shrew is Ten Things I Hate About You. The Lion King has distant echoes of both Hamlet and Macbeth. Um, My Own Private Idaho uh, is a mashup of Henry the Fourth Part Two and Henry the Fifth. West Side Story, come on, does it ring any bells to Romeo and Juliet? Well, Clueless is a teen comedy, and the first of our featured films, based on Jane Austen's novel. Set in the 1990s, Beverly Hills, rather than the 19th century England, 
Clueless is a retelling of Austin's classic, Emma. While the characters' names have been changed and the plot remain the largely intact, to summarize, high achiever Claire, the titular uh, Emma, is motherless, living with her father in a substantially stately home. She enjoys a perfect life, admiring or admired by everyone around her when she attempts to play matchmaker for her friend. She discovers she's not quite as good as everyone, including herself, expects. Next on this list, from 1994, Forrest Gump. The novel of the same name is not particularly well known until it spawned a hugely successful Oscar-crowning movie. However, there are some pretty significant changes made to the silver screen adaptation. The book is branded the novel that inspired the Academy Award winning film, and for good reason. The book sees Forrest adventuring all the way into the ether, traveling into space with a monkey and crash landing onto Earth on an island populated by a tribe of particularly peckish cannibals. To escape the famished man-eaters, he needs to beat them at chest, which of course he does, in true Forrest fashion. Forrest's life story is featured in the movie, uh, is a collection of distinct tall tales that stretch the realm of possibility, but nothing quite as far as the novel that inspired the film. Next on the list from 2001, Bridget Jones's Diary. Of course, everyone knows that Bridget Jones's Diary is a novel penned by Helen Fielding, but have you ever noticed the glaring similarities between the chick flick that defined the era and Jane Austen's classic romantic comedy, Pride and Prejudice? The male romantic lead in both Pride and Precious and Bridget Jones's Diary is nothing more than a suave, uh, but rather staid Mr. Dossie, a wealthy English gentleman famed for his standoffish pride and misunderstood reserve. Bridget and Elizabeth, the female protagonist of both uh, or of Pride and Prejudice are both single women experiencing intense uh, societal pressure to partner up, both with painfully embarrassing mothers and fathers incapable of influencing their respective wives. In both books and movies, the female protagonist falls for the romantic scoundrel believing Darcy to be a selfish and pride or proud man incapable of love. To cut a long story short, they both end up with Mr. Darcy and the romantic scoundrel uh, gets his comeuppance. I'm not sure if Helen Fielding's or not sure about the Helen Fielding novel, but You've, if you've never read Pride and Prejudice, you're certainly in for a treat. Of course, that's their rendition. I had to read Pride and Prejudice when I was in high school. 
and I thought it was tedious. So I probably would not read anything else like it. Next on the list, from 1993, Mrs. Doubtfire. Everyone's favorite transgender comedy, Mrs. Doubtfire, is a film adaptation of an English teen novel, Madame Doubtfire, written by Anne Fine. The film follows, or the movie follows, the novel's narrative fairly uh, succulently, with one major exception. The book portrays the two eldest children as a little more savvy than their movie representation. They immediately recognize that their new nanny is their father in a surprising disguise, while in the movie, everyone is duped. The feel-good movie starring Robin Williams is a classic that will live on for many years and many more to come. And while worth revisiting on a rainy day on a Sunday afternoon. Now the last book that they list or film into book is Goodfellas. The definitive gangster movie released in 1990, this fictionalized account of a non-fiction book. Let me repeat that. The fictionalized accounts of a non-fiction book written by the journalist Nicholas uh, Pelegi. The book Wise Guy, A Life in a Mafia Family follows the misadventures of Henry Hill, an informant who has fled the Mafia trying to right the wrongs of his sordid past. Martin Scorsese was a massive fan of the book, believing it to be the most honest portrayal of genuine gangsters that he had ever had the pleasure to discover. The movie script was initially entitled Wise Guy. However, when Scorsese collaborated with Pelagi during the development of the screenplay, they landed upon the title Goodfellas, and the rest, as so they say, is history. So, I mean, you got all these films that were based off of books. You got a bunch of films that were actually based off plays or musicals. It's awe-inspiring to think that for some, such a humble medium of that we don't really see anymore with this whole COVID thing. Broadway shut down. Theaters are shut down. I mean, you see some people trying to do uh, virtual shows and do virtual musicals and virtual plays. It, it kind of works, but it kind of doesn't because you don't get all the inner workings. You don't get people playing off each other. You don't get the interaction of the actors and the sets and everything. If they, if they being Hollywood and the theater world were to do more pro shots or stagings like Hamilton or, um, Lamas in Concert or any of the shows that you see on Broadway HQ or HD. You could 
do that and put them out there for everyone. Disney Plus just announced that they are going to be doing another pro shot-esque type deal. And it'll be Once on this Island, which is an amazing musical. Do not get me wrong. It's an amazing musical. I have worked it a few times, but each time I work the show, I felt that it was lacking. Because if you know the history of the story of Once on this Island, it should not have a Caucasian cast. But when you live in rural America, and a lot of people don't respect the theater, and don't respect that people are interested in doing theater, it's hard to get the actors and the actresses and the people that you need. So you have to cast the way you have to cast. That way you can have a show and put it out there for people to see and enjoy and like. Well, I have seen one actual solid uh, properly cast rendition of Once on this Island and it was awe-inspiring. So I personally would love to see another show come out and do it justice so that's where i'm going to leave that we'll talk more about once on this island probably later on i will say if you are a fan of musicals i think i have found a podcast for you it's called the musical man podcast and when it started out john who is the host of it not John Bruski, but this is another John. Uh, he wanted to spotlight Tony Award winning musicals. So like your Rent, your Dear Evan Hansen, your um, Spam a Lot, your pretty much any musical that's won the Tony Award for Best Musical, he spotlights. And he also does like a sideshow for a Patreon exclusive called the Snub Club, where any show that was uh, cheated out of getting the Tony for Best Musical, he highlights them. But he's kind of branched off and started doing a lot more uh, when it comes to musicals and stuff, sticking mainly to Tony Award winning. He kind of is like, okay. This one was nominated, and it should have won, so I'm going to talk about it, because a show that did win should not have won. So, I mean, you got a lot of good shows there. Um, I highly recommend checking out his show. It is a show that I have binged since I found it, and out of all the musical-based podcasts I've found, it's the only one that I can honestly say I am proud to listen to. It's the only one I will recommend. There's another one, but it's the way they do the show. They rate the show on how cheesy it is. It's called Musicals with Cheese. And it's actually done here in Detroit. 
Um, the musical man is actually done in Chicago. I've asked John to see if he'd be interested to be on the show, but with his busy life and my busy life, we don't have time to connect to do a crossover show or for me to have him on and talk. So, John, if you're listening, my invitation stands. Anytime you want to come on, just let me know. But I really think everyone should go over and check out his show. Now, one other thing before I pull this episode to an end. I have been thinking, and I want to do a new show. I want to pretty much take an idea that I remember from when I first got into podcasting. First got into listening to podcasts, actually. Somebody was going through and going episode by episode of Batman the Animated Series, and the hosts were two different people who were psychologists. They had different uh, disciplines in psychology that they were uh, focusing on, and they got together and they analyzed Batman the Animated Series. Well, I have some psychologist friends, I have some philosopher friends, and I, of course I have nerd friends, so I want to do a show similar. And it's not going to be based off of the Batman animated series, but it's going to be based off another franchise that has been around a long time and has a lot of material to cover. So I posted on my personal Facebook page a question. I then, two days later, posted a video explaining why I posted the vague question. So I'm going to keep this vague. But if you follow me on Facebook, you'll understand where this is coming from. DNC is here for now, but it might go away. I'm not sure. It all depends on how much uh, time and dedication the new show takes. It won't even be coming out until after the first of the year. I still have a lot of planning to do and a lot of prep work to do. So, I just want to let you know that if you're interested, the easiest way to find out more is to follow me on Patreon. Back to Patreon and you'll be getting more and more updates in the form of monthly newsletters. I have probably four or five um patreon exclusive episodes of content that i have put together um i have done raw recordings or raw interviews that i am just putting up the raw material out there so unedited everything that's all available to the higher tiers of patreon but if you back me on patreon you'll get access to everything and I have a feeling you'll absolutely love it. So, just put that out there. Um, that's what I gotta say for this week. And now for some housekeeping. You can follow me at DaveTheNerd underscore DNC on Twitter. Facebook.com slash Dave's Nerd Compendium. Email me at Dave.The.Nerd 
dnc at gmail.com and if you feel like contributing to Dave Stern Compendium to make it something special feel free at patreon.com slash Dave the Nerd you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Stitcher, Tuned In Podbean, Podknife, Spotify and many other great podcast catchers a special thanks goes out to Podbros for giving us our start and you can find new episodes and blogs at either davenc.com or davesnerdcompendium.podian. That's P-O-D-I-A-N-T dot C-O. <gasps> overload. Pleasure overload. Same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world.